party. Here we go. It is episode 69 of the OG's podcast. Jason Bertitas. There he is. We say H. Episode 69, man. You got to have a little more energy uh, coming on with that number. I need a little more alacrity, Harry. A little more oomph. Yeah, alacrity. That was uh, that was one of Tony's favorite words. Probably still is. (laughs) Alacrity. I'm excited (laughs) today. We we've got the great Tim McManus on the program. Well, yeah, it's it's time to have Tim McManus on the program because uh, you know the Eagles. Back at camp, we got the Hall of Fame game, which I think is the Browns against the Jets on Thursday night, and that's always the first preseason game. So, you know, it's here. It's time to talk football. It's legit. We got trade deadline today in baseball. Uh, right. you know, a lot of people uh, thinking that the Phillies are make you know one maybe two moves. They're looking at outfielders. They're looking at pitchers. Um, you know, Mike they Trout. need a lot. Yeah, yeah, right, Mike Trout. Yeah, Shohei Otani. I think he's coming here. Um, yeah. But they have the same record right now as they did back in 2008. I just saw that put out on Twitter. You falling for that old gag hat? What what old gag? I, I love like they they take these sample windows, compare them year to year. Yeah. John Clark put this out. Phillies are 32 and 17 since June 3rd. Only the Braves have a better record. Baseball's yeah. the marathon. But I mean, look, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to win a World Series because it's the same record as 08. I think 93, they were they're ahead of that team, too. Yeah, they might have been. I'm just saying, like, you know, because it's been a weird season. They look like a Little League team this weekend in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I, actually, I caught a bunch of, of those games, and they their fielding is absolutely atrocious. They're, they're dropping pop-ups in the infield. Uh, they're missing cutoff men. They're, you know, the center fielder goes to retrieve the ball, drops it, has to run back another, you know, 10 yards to go pick it up. I mean, they're, they, look, they look totally – disorganized and like not a professional baseball team, but who cares about baseball? It's time to talk football. Nobody cares about baseball, Harry. Nobody cares. We're talking (laughs) about Jersey sales. And there he is. We knew this guy when he was a pup, Harry. Just a cub reporter, but he has plowed his way to stardom. He is incredible at the job from ESPN, ESPN ESPN.com. It is the one and only Tim McManus. T-Mac, what's up? What's going on, boys? I remember that this week in pro football days were vintage. Oh, oh man, I, I used to love that show. And I think I think the, your old partners now moved on to political radio, if I if I stand correct. That man does it all. He Pat does. Callahan. Pat Callahan. You can't hold him back, Harry. Oh, he's know? awesome. Love that guy. <laughs> he's bursting at the seams to get his political <laughs> stuff off on uh, this week in pro football. I had to, had to hold him back. Oh, is that right? Was it, Did that go all the way back to those days? Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a beaut. Oh, I love beaut. I'll be joining him on uh, this week in pro football a few times this year. So I'm oh, nice. Play. Yeah, nice. Nice. the old band back together. Beautiful. Was it Matt Lombardo that called your other partner, uh, Shiel Capadia? Shiel Capadia? Capadia. Capadia. <laughs> it's disrespectful. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Come on, man. Get that man's um, name right. Tim, how's it been? Like, you know, you, you have an offseason in the NFL. It's not really much of an offseason because it's plotted so perfectly to keep the kind of NFL and everybody's sports consciousness. But now you're back at camp. It's the grind of a season. First of all, how was your offseason and, and what's it been like getting back in the grind? So offseason was great. 
you know, it's truncated, I guess, because when the team you cover gets all the way to the to the big dance, the next week you wake up and it's, you know, all the offseason stuff's already happening. You know, it's like the combine and they're they're getting right into that and free agency flows off of that and then into the draft and then into OTAs. And so it all sort of continues to go. But I was able to get away for a little bit, got up to Maine with the family, just got back from there last week. You guys ever been up there? Yeah, it's beautiful. I have not. Me and my wife were talking about it last week, though. Got to be beautiful. Jason, it's unbelievable. Like Acadia yeah. National Park and Camden, Maine, or a couple places I remember going up there as a kid. Yeah, I stayed right by Camden, Harry. Yeah. We stayed in a lake house on Green Lake for, for a week, and it was like 15 degrees cooler than it was here when it was all swampy and yeah. you know, upper 90s, and kids just played in the lake all day, went to Acadia National Park, Bar Harbor. It was beautiful. But yeah, now rolling back into, into the season, and it's just, it's different. It's like it's like a country club, you know, compared to the way that the Eagles used to do it. I mean, What's they up? have, a to- they have a total of nine practices, uh, all training camp. Like Reed would, get- Reed would get that done in four and a half days. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Now is yeah. that team mandated or is that a league thing or a combo of the both? So it's uh so, so the, uh, the CBA has made it so you can't practice as much as you used to be able to do. So the two-a-days are a thing of the past for everybody. But then, so there's restrictions they're working within, but then the Eagles take it to the extreme of that. So they, they are basically pushing it uh, and getting as little work uh, as they can in, all in the name of staying healthy, right? We saw it last yeah. year where I think it was 12 practices they did. And of course they stayed really healthy. They got to the Super Bowl, So there's not going to be a ton of scrutiny on that, but they've taken even another measure and say, all right, how can we reduce it further? Yeah. And so like every other day is off. Uh, there's mm. like, there's no training camp flow. Like there used to be where you're just in it and like, that's it. And that's your existence and you're in Lehigh and you're, you're sweating and it's two a days and uh, there's pads popping all the time. It's not that anymore. It's mm. uh, you know, in comparison, it's country club. What's the off days consist of, though? They're not, you know, sitting on the beach eating bonbons on the off days. They're probably film and off, you know, off the field type stuff, I would imagine. Yeah. So they made it more mental. It's basically like they're doing a bunch of walkthroughs on the days that we don't have access to them, which honestly has been like every other day uh, that they've been down, no media access. And so they're they're in there doing their walkthroughs and their team meetings and Sirianni trying to keep them sharp uh, situationally. What are you going to be doing here and X, Y, and Z? So they're, it's not like they're not working. It's just in a, it's in a very different way. What has the environment been like? And I know it's only been a couple of days, but uh, there's a lot of expectations now on this squad. I mean, this, this team is the second favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl next to Kansas City. Uh, they're expected to basically, you know, not have a walk through the NFC. I know San Francisco will be tough and Dallas, you know, could be a problem. But outside of that, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of competition, you know, at the highest level. How has that that atmosphere been down there knowing all of that? Yeah, so I find, Harry, I find this fascinating because, uh, you know, the stat is that not not since the 1974 Vikings has an NFC team gone to the Super Bowl one year and then gotten back to that game the next. So yep. there's this long gap uh, in NFL's history for, for this to happen. That's obviously, you know, the Eagles charge is what they want to do. And so Sirianni has this kind of weird line to toe in my mind of, of making sure that the team doesn't forget about that. And obviously they, you know, and, and use that as motivation without sort of dwelling on that. So he started off his off season training program by having a team meeting 
getting in front of everybody in that auditorium and having a big picture of all the players walking off of the field in Arizona with the, with the chiefs red and gold confetti falling on their heads as kind of like a, you know, Hmm. a tempo setter here. Uh, But also to remind them like, you know, just to get to that spot, you know, requires every little step along the way. And so, you know, it's, it's a matter of keeping focus. And I would say that Sirianni has been pretty good. Like the first two days he made it a point, to really get on them when they started slipping in practice. There was like five uh, offensive defensive line, a pre-snap infractions within six plays, like five, five penalties in six plays. And he took out his bullhorn, you know, and he started chewing out, you know, everybody that was in earshot of that. And he had the same thing on the second day and basically saying like, you want to lose to a bad team. Like this is how you lose. And so he's very much like trying to get them into the moment Um, and the message I think from the top of the organization on down is like, you know, last year's over, you get nothing, uh, for your accomplishments last year. And so that's, that's been the messaging. And, you know, at least until this point, I think it's been well-received. Tim, the evolution of a young coach, I think is one of those really fascinating elements in sports. Like you see guys, they come in Sirianni as a rookie head coach, and he's trying to find his voice, both publicly forward-facing with the media and fan base. And then he's also trying to find his voice in the locker room and how, you know, he carries himself and treats his players. How have you seen that element of Sirianni evolve, especially now? I would think it would change a little bit because he's had success. Now he went to Super Bowl, and that'll, that'll certainly change a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, I just feel like it's all a little bit more natural. Now we know how, when he first got this gig, like how he sort of stumbled out of the gates publicly and, there's a lot of people questioning, like, who is this dude and why is he the head coach? Um, and it didn't go very well for him or for the team early on. And that only exasperated things. And then, you know, we started to find his footing. So even though there's been a lot of the outside questions about Sirianni, it seems like at least internally amongst the players, he's he's always been working very hard to establish kind of um you know, establish a culture of uh, trust and communication that I think uh, went a long way with the players, even when he was getting, you know, boxed in, uh, you know, and getting his, his head punched in, uh, at least verbally through the media when he was having his struggles. And since then, I, yeah, I mean, he's he's become sort of a, um, you know, a good guy for opposing teams and fan bases to, to hate, you know, with his mugging for the camera and all that sort of stuff. That doesn't, you know, that aggravates other people. And I think has, but has endeared himself to people in that locker room and, and people around Philadelphia, especially as they've started winning. And yeah, now it all just, Jason, it just all feels kind of natural. Like you can, he's, he's the head man and everybody knows it. And uh, you can see him uh, finding a different player almost every day during the course of practice today. It was like Devonte Smith, where he just goes over and he starts having a conversation with the guy. So he's always kind of building relationships uh, in subtle and big ways. And yeah, but this is a, this is a big year. I mean, you can do it. You got to the dance and now can you, can you show that you uh, can sustain that kind of success? I think that's, that's uh, his mission this year. Well, yeah, early on, there was a lot of question marks about uh, Nick Sirianni. And then, you know, they started to play the games. And then as they, you know, either won or lost or even won, but didn't quite win the way the fan base thought they should have won, the coordinators got a lot of the flack. But now Steichen and Gannon are both gone as, as, you know, moved on. So what's your impression of the new guys, what Johnson and Desai as offensive and defensive coordinators? Yeah, well, Brian Johnson, I think he could be a head coach like next year maybe. Mm. 
Uh, a he was lot great of- on the Back in Black album, too. <laughs> exactly right. Look, that's good ACDC knowledge out of you. <laughs> Every time I punch Brian Johnson's name into a Google search, I quickly am reminded, like, oh, right, he's not the yeah. most famous right. Brian Johnson that's out there. Uh, but he uh, he was kind of a hot commodity this this off season, a lot of a lot of different teams were hoping that he would end up becoming their offensive coordinator. And just talking to some people who were involved in that process, you know, the response from other teams was like, "This guy's going to be a head coach very quickly." Uh, we know the relationship that he has with with Hertz. It dates all the way back to when he was four years old. He's you know he's um, he's been kind of like a young star in every spot that he's had. He's he's credited with helping uh, Dak Prescott become Dak Prescott, um, and you know, Kyle Trask, like putting, helping him to like really high heights in, in Florida. And then obviously look what he's done with Hertz. And now, now he takes over the entire offense. And one of the early things that we've heard is like, he's spending a lot of time in the offensive line room, which is something that Jason Kelsey really took a note of. And I think was encouraged by where he wants to find out the intricacies of everything that's going on. So he has a good grasp of where the strength and weaknesses is on each particular play. And so, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a big uh, transition going from Steichen to Brian Johnson. But, you know, Sean Desai's got, I think, a, you know, he's got a, a higher degree of difficulty because, you know, he's coming in and they lost five of their 11 starters on the defensive side. So he's got to implement his scheme and also do it with, you know, almost 50% turnover on the defensive side. And so the early indications, what we're getting is there's not going to be, I think a big change in, in philosophy, they both come from Vic Fangio. So you can expect a lot of zone. I think you expect a lot of two safety looks, you know, but he's got to put his own stamp on it and he wants it to be an aggressive brand of football and a physical brand of football too. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that all comes together for him. Tim Hassan Reddick, um, you know, there's always a couple of ancillary storylines at camp, especially for a team that went to the Super Bowl. Guys want to get paid the NFL contracts, aren't guaranteed you got to strike while the iron's hot all of that reddick has uh, been interpreting that his contract he's not getting paid enough is this going to become a distraction how do they handle this yeah so we talked about that with him today actually um and i, I opened up the conversation about the finances and he's basically saying like i just have to focus on me and the other stuff will take care of itself and i and basically said i believe it will you know hinting maybe he thinks he'll he'll get taken care of here but there's there's no denying that his contract got um you know out of whack pretty quickly relative to the rest of the pass rushers when you consider how the the market kind of jumped and how his production jumped you know he's talking he was talking uh this uh, this afternoon about him wanting to get to 20 sacks like that's his next goal uh, so he's got he's got very high standards that he's trying to live up to. There weren't any indications based off the conversations that we had today that he was, you know, uh, super upset about it or that it was going to impact him and, and how he approaches his job. But I think it's something that the Eagles are going to have to look at and take care of. He's what now, like somewhere around 15 or 16 among his peers an average salary per year that doesn't that doesn't match with with where he ranks in terms of production. And so you know, I think it, I think it would behoove the front office to take care of him a little bit, um, yeah. you know, bump it up and just like a, a sign of of goodwill that we appreciate where you are. We recognize that this contract does not match your production now. And so, you know, here's here's some added money until we get to the to the next contract. I think I think that would be good for all parties. You talk about that defense and losing a couple of the starters. 
what you know they made a couple of big draft picks over the last two drafts you know in the first two rounds at defense especially in the first round any of these guys jumping out at you or do you think you know like a nicobe dean he gonna be able to step in you know at that middle linebacker spot this year yeah great question so so jordan davis i would say is one guy that is has jumped out to me he has been working with the the first team almost exclusively like you've been seeing him alongside Fletcher Cox. So it's kind of clear to me based on what we're, we're seeing early here that they have high expectations for his role and, and what he can do. And even though he said he came in around the same weight, around 340, 345 pounds, uh, he looks lighter on his feet. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the time, like you, you're trying to decipher what's real and what's not. And the one way that I try to decipher that is when, when players or coaches say things that, you know, isn't forced, they just, they, they, you know, they take it upon themselves to, to note their observations. We heard that from, from Brandon Graham and some of the coaches about Jordan Davis, that he came in to this camp with not only better condition, but with a higher level of focus. And Graham attributed that in part to the fact that he's got his Georgia boys with him. And so it seems like he's in a good place mentally. Um, and then Nolan Smith will be another guy that I would say, given the environment, they just threw on pads for the first time. So it's, it's hard to judge a lot of right. these guys. But Smith um, can fire off the edge. He's mm. really fast. And there was a three-play sequence the other day, Harry, that, that jumped out to me where on the one play, he rips into the backfield and gets like a quote-unquote sack. The next play, he has to uh, guard Dallas Goddard out in the flat, shuts him down. And then the next one, it's Boston Scott where he's going out like 15, 20 yards downfield and Nolan Smith runs with them the entire way mm. stride for stride and takes away that option. And it's like, Oh, okay. So this guy has some versatility too. And then, you know, today during one-on-ones, he put on, he put on a dip move on a guy that just made him look silly and he got right to the quarterback. And so I would say those two guys have, have stood out to me early on and Nicobe Dean, not as much. Hmm. I haven't seen him flash a ton, but he's been in the center of that defense. And, um, you know, especially his, his Georgia brethren believe that he is ready for that job. And, you know, he better be right. That's yeah. a, it's a big spot. <laughs> Tim, speaking of big spots, none bigger in the NFL than the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts. I mean, when he was first drafted, he, he, a lot of people, myself included, really questioned it. But this is a guy that is just such a, an elite competitor and professional. W what has the evolution of Jalen Hurts been like to kind of watch for you as, as you've gone through the, the way he's matured and found his voice? I mean, it's been amazing. Um, so one guy that he's like his longtime quarterback trainer, Quincy Avery, I, I had that conversation with him last year. And he said that he's never seen an evolution like this among from a quarterback uh, to go from where he was, where it's like when some of these guys, like even Brian Johnson, when he saw him young or Quincy Avery first got a hold of him, you know, mechanically, it just didn't look right. It was a, it was a little bit wonky uh, um, and those kind of things, not everything lined up. Um, and then, flash forward to this camp as I'm, I'm watching him on the first day of camp. And the, the two words that came across when I was watching his delivery were effortless and accurate. Hmm. And I was like, and I wrote that down. And then I thought about that as like, if, if you would have even told me last year that those were the two words that I'd be, I'd be writing down to describe Jalen hurts. That seemed far fetched at the time. So he's taking these massive strides. Hmm. Um, and, and now he is in another year and Sirianni and now Johnson's offense. It looks like 
everything is on time. Uh, he's been really good this training camp. And the most recent one we saw, he was just him and AJ Brown were just ripping it up. And yeah. this is what James Bradbury on, on AJ Brown. It's just like back shoulder here, 50 yard bomb down, like just boom, boom. It's, it's, it's all on point. And so it's just, a, I mean, there's not a whole lot of comparable history, uh, you know, to, to draw back on when you're looking at Hertz. Like a lot of times when a guy has accuracy problems coming out of college, it doesn't get fixed. Like you've heard that saying before, like you can't fix accuracy, but right. kind of is what it is. Apparently you <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with a great work ethic, you know, and we know, yeah. we knew pretty early on that he had that, you know, he checked all those intangible boxes very early on. And yeah. over the last, you know, season, season and a half, he's checking them off on the field as well. Uh, so it's a great thing to see. Now, what did you think about the running back shuffle? Sanders is gone. He got some, you know, pretty good money, I guess in Carolina and they bring a couple of named guys in here that have a lot of injuries in their history too. If, if these guys can stay on the field, this is going to be a genius call. It looks great on paper from a cap perspective as to what they're spending all in compared to what they would have had to have spent. But uh, what, what's uh, what's the thought process here about all the uh, the injury history for some of these guys? Well, the one thing that stands out immediately is remember this time last year, uh, Nick Sirianni couldn't uh, make it known enough. He's like, Miles Sanders is my guy. Miles Sanders is number one. Miles Sanders is that dude. And, you know, there is none of that this year. In fact, uh, it's hard to decipher, like, who is going to be actually the lead back or like all five of these guys have been taking reps with the first team. And that includes Trey Sermon. So you've seen Trey mm-hmm. Sermon and you've seen Boston Scott and you've seen Kenny Gainwell and you've seen DeAndre Swift and you've seen Rashad Penny and they're all getting equal time right now. So it's very much in my mind a clouded picture add in the fact of the injury history and it it clouds it even further. It's like, well, is Penny going to make the team or is he going to be lead back? Like it could be, Um, but I know that they feel like if he is healthy, he could, you know, he can be dynamite. Yeah. I mean, just picture him next to Jalen hurts healthy behind this offensive line. It's not hard to picture Penny doing that. And so we're still trying to get a feel for, you know, what the rotation might look like. I guess the, the one thing that we can say is that I think that the running backs are going to be featured more in the passing game this year. We've seen a lot of it with DeAndre Swift. Like DeAndre Swift has been motioning into the slot. He's been motioning out to the far receiver, uh, and he's been prominent in the passing game until this point and has looked how you would expect him to look especially before pads, like he can, he, he gets an open space and that guy can move. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he's looked good early. Kenny Gainwell uh, has been breaking off some nice runs and getting involved in passing game. We saw Boston Scott on a, on a screen, uh, you know, take it downfield and, and look good as well. Uh, so that's what I think we'll see a little bit more wrinkled in. Now you can't go crazy with running backs in the pass game because you got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, but right. I think we'll see more of that feature this year. Tim, um, Jason Kelsey's played now parts of 12 NFL seasons. He may be the best, best, you know, high pick, low pick, I should say, in Eagles history. A sixth round pick, 191st overall. He's only missed games in two seasons of his 12. Other than that, he plays every game, all 16, 17 the last two years. And he's a guy, Harry and I have talked about it. There's been no guy that kind of, has identified with this city like him. I think even more so than Iverson, to be honest with you. And just, I think he's going to end up being a Hall of Famer. And the fact that he's still here and playing, he and Brandon Graham, what is that element of 
those two veterans on each side of the ball bring to the equation because I think you got to have guys like that. Sometimes they can't play great anymore, but both of those guys can. Yeah. And I think they, yeah, they set the standard makes it easy for the coaching staff. It's like, you know, just kind of follow these guys. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed how to we do, do it. things. This is how we do it. And uh, yeah. Uh, so Jalen Carter had mentioned Brandon Graham saying that he's been one of the primary influences uh, since he got into the building, he was like the, one of the first guys to go up to him, um, you know, and, and, you know, he's the kind of guy that you want in your corner because he, he shows you the ropes and he doesn't do it. Like he's not worried about anything other than, you know, trying to help you be better in all facets. And then Kelsey, I mean, I think Cam Jurgens is probably like the, the best way to like using his example is the best way to describe how valuable they view Kelsey because He's essentially Jurgens is blocking, or Kelsey is blocking Jurgens from where he's going to end up as the as the starting center. And so you would think there'd be this like part of you anyway would be like, all right, I kind of want him to retire so I can get <laughs> so out of my take, way, right. I can take over this offense. And yet, like he couldn't have been happier to see Kelsey come back. And Kelsey even called him. He's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm coming back another year. And, and Jergen's like, you don't have anything to apologize to me for. You owe me nothing. And like the entire room is like, you know, when it was undecided whether he was coming back, they're like, like anytime they could get it out publicly, like begging him to. And then once he did come back, it's a, it's a celebration. And even we saw in the most recent practice, actually on that Boston Scott screen that I was, that I was talking about, Kelsey gets out in space and just wipes Terrell Edmonds. Like, out of the picture as we've seen still run man <laughs> yeah a hundred times he still gets out there yep. he's galloping he's taking people out and yeah if you could do both right if you can if you can do it on the field and off then then that's what you want he does nice work at in havertown and at the jersey shore too damn right you know town beers. beers yeah that's Jeez. awesome <laughs> all right I, I think guy. i think we got to get to it uh jason the kelly green yeah. Uh, was Tim McManus in line at 3 a.m. to get uh, his Kelly Green jersey? Hell no. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. There were people. <laughs> I saw a lot of people. I saw a lot of people like, I just went on online at, at 9.02 and bought mine. Like, what are these people right. thinking? <laughs> it was like the old Ticketron days when uh, Led right. Zeppelin tickets would go on sale and you'd line up early. Yeah. It's, Remember it's that? Fun. Yeah, it's unbelievable and i was actually talking with my my edit, a couple of my editors yesterday and they were like you know should we explore this kelly green thing and they're like and they're not from here so they're like trying to understand it and i was so i'm trying to explain it like kelly yeah. green goes back to you know a lot of people's childhoods it goes back to basically where the identity of the eagles was forged for a lot of people buddy ryan mm -hmm. reggie white Randall yeah. Cunningham, Seth Joyner, right, yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> but it's yeah, and it's so it's like something that's like seeped inside of uh, of people in this in this area. Like it goes beyond the jersey, clearly. Like yeah, tailgating for Jersey to come out at three thirty in the morning. Uh, you know, obviously it, it runs deeper than that, and uh, and also there's like a lot of a lot of um, blockades that they had to overcome for a lot of years. They're trying to make this push to get. Uh, the Kelly Green's in, and the NFL was, you know, making them go through a lot of hoops. Uh, so that yes, the day has come, and they they uh, they celebrated early. 
But what's so crazy is, is that at least the Kelly Green that I remember, I, know, I mean, I know they've had different incarnations of, of Green throughout their history. Back in the 60s, it was Kelly Green. And then it, it went to a darker green, you know, with Jaws in the 70s. But then at like 85, I think they changed to this sort of a brighter green that they're reissuing here. From 85 to 95, they had those uniforms and won two playoff games. Yeah. That's the that funniest was, part. That was it. one of the most underachieving crews of all time with the defensive talent and offensive talent that they had. That, you know. And yet they're held in so high. Yes. yes. Because you know of the I mean? identity it's, aspect of it, Tim. Just because and they the kicked everybody's ass. Yeah. Like, yeah. Physically. Right. Like and, that and, game you know, and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, it was the defense, you know, buddy, you know, uh, you know, brash, brash buddy and the guy who would punch people on the sidelines and uh-huh. take any trash and didn't yeah, shake I mean, Jimmy Johnson's hand. Talking trash to Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. He's going to walk yeah. his fat ass over there. <laughs> I mean, it matters in this town though, doesn't it? Like, it does. like Jonathan Gannon, his his defense had 70 sacks and, and the team got to the Super Bowl and that guy will always be alien, like alienated from this, from this town. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's like the, the, not only how it finished clearly, but even before that, like people yeah. never warmed up to him because of the style of play that he deployed. It, it never fit the fabric of the city. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think part of the buddy thing and part of it, too, is the NFL strike and that buddy supported the players the way he did in a union town. I think that's even part yeah. of it, too. I, you know, fitting the identity of, of where you are geographically. I mean, some of these people were spending fifteen hundred, two yeah. grand worth of jerseys out there. I'm going. Oh, this is some racket. Yeah, yeah. they got going on. Holy yeah. shit! They're what you know. They this do look good though. Most... I gotta give it to them. They yeah, do they look do nice. Look yeah, I'll give them that. But this isn't hasn't been the most successful franchise in the world. No, you know, they didn't. No. Like when we're looking back on that era, it was like you know they yeah they had eighty and then they had they had sixty, but there hasn't there wasn't a whole lot. And so what they grasped onto was uh, like you said, Jason, the identity. Yeah, that's that's and Ben Eric's part of that. Don't forget forty eight and forty nine. Yeah, Greasy Neil Har. <laughs> but then okay it's cool they're wearing them and they're going to wear them twice from what i understand November against 5th, the dolphins and the bills why don't yeah. they why don't they bust this out cowboys. against the cowboys i totally agree do you imagine the building yes not like it's already juiced up and lubed up enough. Car, right. in the house yeah <laughs> amazing i'm totally with you when i saw yeah. that i was like that's a little disappointing like it is maybe they'll have the throwbacks for miami as well so that'll look yeah. cool. They are. It is, it's Miami and Buffalo, I think, are the two games from yeah. what I saw. So, yeah. And Miami has pretty sweet throwbacks too that they're yeah. busting on. So if they're yeah, on they, the same night, then I get I get that. But yeah. yeah, one of them needed to be against against Dallas. Come on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, or Miami. you know, a division opponent or something. You know, yeah, I, mean, I guess you can't do Washington because they're not even the same name anymore. Well, yeah, they they're t- totally changed. Although there is a petition apparently to bring it back. But yeah, I mean they they look good and they'll pop on the field for sure. I mean, it's gonna be Cool to see him. I, I I love that look, but you're right. That era was it was not very good. But it was fun, but it was not productive. Yeah. A year that Cunningham gets hurt in that first game. Bryce Pop. Bryce Pop from Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Who do you us. think their biggest competition is going to end up being in the NFC? Uh, I still think San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know uh, the loss of people don't talk about. Lo- coaching losses that much, but I'm a, I'm big on D'Amico Ryan's. So um, I think that there'll be a tangible uh, 
effect there where I don't, I think they'll still be a very good defense. Obviously they had Javon Hargrave, but him moving on, I think that's a little bit tough to replicate and you still don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation is what Brock Purdy is going to end up yeah. looking like, but they're, they're stacked. Uh, every once in a while, there'll be a sleeper team that comes out. But yeah, as we know, guys, like the, most of the quarterback talent is in the other conference. Yeah. So even though we talked about how difficult it is for a team to, to repeat and get back to, back to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be a ton of at least visible obstacles in Philly's way. They still come in with arguably the best quarterback, probably the best roster in the conference. Um, so they're, they're, they're set up pretty well, but it still looks to me like, like San Francisco and Dallas are going to be the two teams that they have to contend with. But every once in a while, you know, there'll be a team that creeps up. Yeah. Maybe those Detroit Lions. This might Maybe. be their year. Maybe. I'm actually a big uh, Justin Fields guy, too. Are you? I don't know how the rest of his roster, whether he can carry them along or not. Mm -hmm. But watching him live, I was like, this dude's a star. Uh, I don't know why people aren't talking about him. Like, he's he's freaking good. Um, Yeah, so that's one guy. I don't know why. He he gets slept on nationally, I feel like. But but Justin Fields could be that guy that takes a leap like like Hurts this year for me. Interesting. the division is just basically the Eagles and the Cowboys. And then you know, you look at it, Tim, last thing for me, for you is going to see if you've got that home field advantage, it'd be so great to have an NFC championship game with the 49ers coming across all the bitching and complaining, the players on the 49ers, the fan base has been doing taking shots at Philly. Oh, we would have won had we not been on our fifth quarterback. Well, you were, and that game wasn't even particularly close, but that would be great theater as they say. That would be amazing theater. And I, I don't know why they're handling themselves like that. Is that a reflection? Does that go all the way to the top? I can't, Maybe. I can't understand why they. That's not John know. Lynch though, right? Yeah. Man. Wouldn't think. I I, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, Cause you don't even, you don't think of that organization that way typically or their, or most of their leaders. So I don't know why they've had such a hard time grasping the fact that, you know, Philly just kicked their ass. Um, yeah. You know, and it wasn't just like Purdy uh, magically left the game. Like he got knocked out of that game. He got knocked out of that game by Hassan by Reddick, wasn't it? Edge rushers. Yeah. yeah. So it's like yeah. I never, I never understood that. But you know, the Eagles will take all the bulletin board stuff that they can get. I don't know if you saw uh, Jalen Hurts' screenshot that he that he has on his phone. Uh, you know, when your when your phone gets to that lock image, like you mm-hmm. have that one stock image, and it, it's him walking off of the Super Bowl field with the confetti coming down. So we know what his, what his mm-hmm. motivation is. Uh, he's always looking for something. Teams are always looking for something. And yeah, San Francisco week, you can bet uh, there's plenty to draw from there. Nice. Wow. Do they have any uh, of those, what do they call those practices where they practice against the other team for three days before they yeah. play them in a preseason game? They they doing that this year? Yeah. So they got a couple before their, uh, yeah, before two of they're doing two of them here oh, okay. in Philly, so we don't have to travel for those. Okay, thank goodness. With who? Yeah, so we got uh, I think it's Cleveland and Miami. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Only three preseason games again, though, right? Uh, yeah, just the, yeah. Just the three. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all good, oh. man. Yeah. So nice. the, the Browns and the Colts, excuse me. So okay. Okay. Year. So we'll look forward to that. Well, this Tim. is great catching up with you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, boys, good to see you. I, I screwed it in. up, and I said Thursday. I meant today. I'm an idiot, and you pulled it off in quick order. And uh, uh, who was it? Uh, was it uh, Joey B? 
says that you, me, and Har are all visiting the same lens crafters, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can get a package deal. What do you I, think? I do need some new ones. Maybe yeah. a sponsorship or something. Yeah, some new frames? <laughs> could use them. Could I can't them. get different ones because all these logos for my flyer shit has me with the – these are called horn-rimmed glasses. Mm-hmm. So they have to They're change nice. all the logos if I update. Some good-looking good looking specs out of you, though. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but every time I go back, the prescription gets stronger. Oh. I mean, it's I can't see a thing when I take them off. Yeah, I'm feeling that too now. Oh. I, I just started using like reading glasses over over the last couple of years, and the guy's like, "Well, unfortunately, it's never going to get any better." I'm like, "Nope, thanks." Yeah, <laughs> and those things make your eyes like get progressively worse in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was totally doing that too. Yeah. Can't use yeah. them. Yeah, can't can't read now without them. So it's, yeah. it's good times. Yeah. All Tim, right, Tim. Five years ago, I could see through walls, man. I can't see shit anymore. Getting old, brother. <laughs> it's all good. Um, well, it's good to be hey, with man. you guys. Yeah, thanks for doing this, Tim. Uh, read Tim's stuff at ESPN.com. Follow him on Twitter at Tim, is it underscore McManus? Tim underscore McManus. That's it. Awesome. Thanks, Beautiful. brother. Be well, man. Right, Best to you and the family. Yeah, oh, the same to you guys. There he is, Harry. Uh, missed that great. guy. Tim McManus, yeah. Did a lot of great radio awesome. with that guy. Yeah. You know, he, just don't, he, he doesn't get caught up in all the emotion of it. No. You know, just factual yep measured analysis no agenda no yep. agenda you know god yeah. damn is he good yeah he's great <laughs> we did some fun radio too back in the day yeah but, uh, he produced yeah, for the... uh, me and bruno and mm-hmm. he and i did you know shows periodically you know because there was a lot of fill-in stuff going on back then and um you know we we had a day where tim was filling in i think for the week and it was my my day that i had joe namath on and he and I put like a lot into that interview. That he gave us a half hour. Wow, Joe Namath, it was awesome because Tim's a, a, a like an old school football geek like me. Like yeah. he's younger than me, but he really invested himself in the history of the game and yeah. you know all the details and the minutia. He knew all of the stuff to talk about, and we we had a ball talking to Joe Namath one day. Yeah, uh, I imagine that's a good one. That is definitely. Yep. T from the 203 says, Tim is great. Maze at midnight with T-Mac. Yeah. Wow. Used to have him on. Yeah. No, this isn't a sacred heart CYO. Yeah, it is actually a sacred heart CYO hat. It is. I was in their golf outing this year. Is that right? Yes. Um, I want to get to this video you sent me from, it's on Instagram from Crossing Broad. Yeah. And th- this is a great video, by the way. I love that they're doing this. Um. And this is who's doing the is this um who's doing the stuff here? Uh, it's uh, Pagan, isn't it? What is it? Pagan. Yeah, Pagan. yeah. Kyle, he, he's a yeah. he's a big fucking dude, man. Yeah, he's just <laughs> roaming around with microphones, getting in yeah. people's faces. <laughs> uh, but this video is great. This was the video that they put out on Instagram um, regarding the Eagles Kelly Green jerseys going on sale. Now I want to play this real because I want to talk about it. So here it is. Hours on jerseys today. Can you beat that? We're here early at Lincoln Financial Field because the Kelly Greens have dropped. People have been out here since five in the morning tailgating this for a jersey release. Just a fan base that's absolutely built different. Birds! What time did you get here? Three twenty this morning. You got a lot of energy for being up at three twenty in the morning. People were asking, like, hey, why don't you just go on Fanatics? Why go to the pro shop? Because you can never get through in those things. You got to come in person and be the first one in line, like me. Go, Bird! 
Sir, did you call off work for this? No comment. Dropped the kid off early today. Yeah. You know, the teacher wasn't in the edge. Dropped her off. What are your favorite memories of Kelly Green? <laughs> wasn't alive. You guys know the Taylor Swift concert was last month, right? How cool are the Kelly Greens going to look in the Super Bowl this year? Man, I, I might cry. Are you ready to do whatever it takes? I see the last medium jersey. I might have to throw the HBK kick. I might have to do it. We've been on my knees. Yeah. Here she come in my room talking about, you want to go get a Kelly Green jersey? I'm like, no, I don't. Who are you looking for? Uh, Mylotta. Mylotta. Graham. Kelsey. Hurts. Either Hurts or Landon Dickerson. Jalen Hurts. I'm probably going to go with the classic Hurts. Hey, Contrary to popular belief, no shirts, no service. Don't apply on Jersey Revealed Day. Nah, not today. How many jerseys do we end up getting? I don't know. I spent 1500 That's all I know. I love it. I love it. Some... All right, there it is. $1,500 for that woman. How about that? Could you, could you handle yourself with a broad like that? No. No, no. no. She did, what are they, about 300 a piece? So she bought five jerseys. Yeah. Sounds about wow. right. They're probably about 300 a piece, I'd imagine. Yeah. For the authentic? Yeah. Because they got the sewn on letters, the sewn on, you know, nameplate, you know, the eagle patch, you know, on the on the sleeve. I mean, it's you can't. I don't think you can walk out of Fanatics with an with an authentic that's less than three hundred bucks. No, no, that's a I real authentic. Yeah. yeah, not uh, the Bobo authentic. I, I give credit though, like Kyle Pagan and Crossy. Like, those videos are great. That's a that's a good video. Yeah. Now, now the nice t- job. T from the 203 says the Nike game jersey is $130. 130 bucks, that's it? I'm not buying that. I don't, I don't think that's the, the jersey that that woman was buying. He says... Uh, she spent 1500 What'd she buy? Like 12 jerseys? Yeah, seriously. He said that Nike limited is one... Limited edition. <laughs> um, so you got to have the stitch numbers. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. You can't go with the... the iron on shit that's what i'm saying you get the stuff with the yeah yeah Yeah. i'm not into that um real quick let's send out some congratulations harry oh yeah to our 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 fearless leader yeah colin Colin. yeah spent all those years in carolina with matt rule Mm -hmm. oh matt rule um but recently picked up signed a deal with the minnesota vikings right how about colin about a week and a half two weeks ago just before uh camp I saw that come across and I sent him a text, you know, and so he's, he's going to be, I guess he's still doing, going to do some of his podcasts when he gets some downtime. And according to Tim McManus, these guys have a little more downtime than I thought they did. <laughs> I'm doing a daily show at this point, huh? Nine practices. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, no wonder dude. the games in September look like shit. Yeah. Well, you know it, what I mean? It, They're essentially preseason games that count. It's become a war of attrition because you got 17 games. You got to stay healthy. Yeah. You can't take any extra hits. Yeah. You know, but uh, congrats to Colin. That's great. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that wasn't sure he was going to have a pro career at all. Transferred mm-hmm. from Florida to Temple. Had injury issues. Yep. yep. But, but he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a good, and a good blocker and a great locker room guy. Yep. And, you know, I thought Temple should have used him in the passing game more often, especially in the red zone, because when he was given opportunities, he caught the football. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Temple, Harry. Yeah. I got to get your thoughts on the new Temple TU logo. Um, I lost it on my screen. There it no, is. There it is. There it what is. do you think of that, Harry? Now, a buddy sent me a text with this, and then I went on Al Scoop and was reading some of the 
the reviews and looked at some of the promo videos that I guess they put out on social media. I like it, except it's a little busy. Like to me, I think it, that's a diamond. That's the shape of a diamond. And diamond is a big uh, term at the university because the mm. founder uh, was acres of diamonds or something uh, was was one of the famous sayings. So a di diamond is historical for Temple University. So I like that they have that. And wow. then the the new owl, I like. Having the T so big and right jammed in there, I kind of think they could have done without. It's a little much, but I like it overall. If you're going to say the, yes or no, I'm going yes. The, the T doesn't match the owl per se. They've stayed with the T the way that it's always been. Yeah. But I I like I didn't know that the history of the diamond when it came to temple, to me, it looks like a shield. You know, yeah. like the Irish shields. And, right, right. You know, for your name your your name and stuff. That's what it looks like. I like it. I think it looks good. I really do. I love the owl. I think the owl looks menacing. So I'm I'm yeah. on board with it. Yeah, it's Russell Conwell, uh, was the guy. He wrote Not Tommy a Conwell. No, Russell H. Conwell. And he wrote Acres of Diamonds. And uh, he was one of the, uh, you know, he was a Baptist minister way back in the day and was, uh, you know, the first president of Temple University. Okay. So that's, that's yeah. where it comes. I think it looks good. I like yeah. it. By the way, Tommy Conwell, big listener to the pod. Yeah. Well, he did a show along with a couple of other bands, because David who's sickening, who's back from Europe now, they're getting ready yep. to go out on the American part of their tour. Uh, and, and his wife were at this thing. I think it might've been in upper Marion right near where we live. I didn't even know about it or it I would have been Prussia. there. Yeah. July 28th. Of, okay. Yeah. That's so you knew about it. Yeah. Tommy sent me a note saying he had, he had concert under the star series. Well, you didn't July send 28th. it to me. Uh, I should have sent that. That's bad work by me. Huh? So I, mean, I think um, it was like right across the highway from where I live. Yeah. You should have been there. It's an outrage that you weren't. It really is. On the podcast now as a guest. Had I, had I known go. about it, I would have been there. Yeah, uh, Tommy's great. We're gonna get him on. We get to get him to play and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of music, we I got this tweet here from uh, from Joey B. Mm -hmm. He says that tweet from from me a few days back with oh, old, yeah. the old days dime bag picture. Mm -hmm. He said I look like a young Andre Agassi. Yeah, he he's got a fair point because I I saw the, right? the tweet. Yeah, yeah, you got the bald head, the nice bald head. And it was when it was back when Agassi, you know, after he had all that, you know, rock and roll kind of hair, he shaved his head. Yeah, and he had the facial. He had a little. Didn't he have? He had some facial hair. Yeah, well, he had the beard, but yeah, that, that was post flow. Yeah, post flow. Agassi. But the eyebrows and the eyes, it, it and the bald head looks a little, a uh, little Agassi esque. I could see yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Agassi yeah. shagged some some high some heavy hitters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's me and Dimebag uh -huh. back in the day. You got the the Black Label Society hat on. Of course, yeah. Dimebag will not be in attendance tomorrow night, Harry, when I am at the uh, Camden Riverfront, whatever they call the stadium now, to see Pantera and Lamb of God. That will be oh, tomorrow night, Harry. Oh, God. I got a ticket now, if you want to come. Now, is you should take Kevin Kincaid if he's not already going because he likes that stuff. Oh, I'll text him. I guarantee he's going. You think so? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'm going with my buddy, my old college buddy, Dell, mm -hmm. uh, who lives in the area. Um, he actually lives in Preston Elliott's neighborhood on some golf. Oh, Letterac. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we're, I'm going to go up there tomorrow afternoon. He's a guitar player as well. We're going to cause some destruction, a little mm-hmm. pre-gaming, and then we're going to head over and see, catch a little bit of, catch Lamb of God, and then see Pantera um, at the uh, Camden uh, Riverfront. Well, you should text Kincaid because I, I guarantee you he'd like to go to that show. Yeah, I got. I got He's to, into that. I didn't even. I for, totally forgot about the show. Mm-hmm. I got a couple of DMs. So did I. I yeah, forgot same. about it too. Yeah, I think they're playing Friday at Giant Stadium or whatever with Metallica. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, just gonna say that, had to that show. That had to be a big uh, with a big name. Band. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking. Yeah, Verlander it. traded from the Mets back to the Astros. How about the Mets? They bring in all this pitching, and and they had an over under of 94 and a half way back before the season started. And I was still working with Aton doing the gambling show. Oh, and I geez. couldn't take the under fast enough on that. I put that, that out right? there way. Oh yeah, way back in I don't know February, March, whenever the the over unders came out, they stink. Yeah, I knew this was going to blow up. Yeah, and Verlander, yeah. Verlander's fantastic. Yeah, well, and Scherzer, they traded to the Rangers. Yeah, so. didn't they talk about Verlander maybe coming here at one point? Was he rumored? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Everybody don't was getting so. all excited for his wife. Yeah, I don't know. Kate Upton. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Let's we'll see what the Phillies haven't done anything yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. But well, maybe they'll end up with a bag of fudge. I mean, that wouldn't be all that bad because the original hey. Fudge Kitchen is the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Aji's podcast. You know, I'm a staple of the Jersey Shore. They got six locations Cape May, Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. They make all of their fudge in the store, guaranteeing a delicious product. So stop by. And let them know that N4L sent you. If you're not able to send, uh, visit in person, that's not a problem because they're going to ship it across the USA if you ask them. Be sure to check out their website, fudgekitchens.com, the original Fudge Kitchen shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. There you go. Check yeah. it out. Um, <laughs> Joey B goes, uh, Harry's reaction to Pantera Lamb of God, phenomenal. <laughs> that was the the whole predicate of this podcast just like ah oh, jeez oh, Terra and lamb of god oh god would you grow up <laughs> i know seriously yeah I, i'm, I'm oh. trying to figure out how to go into the show mentally here because two of the core members obviously of pantera aren't going to be there Dimebag was killed way back in the mid-2000s at the al rosa villa nightclub in columbus ohio mm-hmm. it was, it was and, a shooting right yeah. Yeah. First song guy when they were playing his damage plan walked up and Nathan Gale killed him and several other people. And Vinnie Paul, his brother, the drummer, the drummer passed away in Vegas a couple of years ago. Um, Not too long ago. Maybe yeah. like what? Two years ago, maybe two, three years ago. It might have been like three, four years ago. OK. Yeah. Um, but they bring in Zach Wilde, who, of course, plays with Ozzy so often in Black Label Society. Dime, one of Dimebag's best friends mm-hmm. and probably the only man on the planet that can play those guitar parts. Although a little bit different, but close mm-hmm. um, than than Dime and Charlie Benanti from Anthrax uh, playing the drums. I've watched a bunch of videos, including from Burgett's down the other night out in Pittsburgh, and they sounded great. They look great. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Never yeah. thought I'd see some of these songs live live again, like Slaughtered. You know? Wow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Full review coming up on the next Dodgy's podcast. Actually. Oh, can't wait. Along with some listener reviews, because we're out of time to do them today. All right. Well, we had to go in depth with uh, with T Mac. Yeah, he was you know? great. Yeah, 
and I got to take a screaming piss. So, oh, great. Time to wrap it up. I'm that walnut sized bladder has had enough. Yeah, I'm heading out to the driveway, Hair. <laughs> we'll give it a good why rinse. Don't, why don't you just open up the window and just hang it out back? I don't have a window in the studio. Oh, no? Because I'm in the loft of my garage. Oh, that's right. You're in the loft. Yeah. yeah. See, I got, I got windows back there. I could just open up the window and just go right out the window. Hang trout. I took the screens out. Yeah. <laughs> Take the screens out so you don't piss through the screen. Right. I'd go right through it. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, uh, oh, one last thing. Uh, Joey B says, any uh, any F1 updates from Vegas venue? Hearing there are some naming rights issues with casinos on the circuit. Yeah, they're trying to charge uh, any business that's along the route of the race that can see it an ungodly amount of money because they can sell like that space to watch the race. And F1's trying to gouge them, which mm. is, look, if I got a business and you decide to put a race on on the street where my business is, I'm not paying you anything. Yeah, why? What? Yeah. What kind of sport are you watching? Yeah, I, I'm not in love with the track either. I've driven it now in the simulator, Harry, very quite a uh, few times. And yeah. uh, I, I don't love the circuit. Hmm. I'm not a big fan of the uh, Vegas circus. So uh, I'll get back on the Sims and see if it, I can – take a liking to it but yeah i'm not a big fan so have you been watching the women's world cup i have not but there's been a little bit of uh a little bit of outrage i know carly yeah, they Lloyd stink weighing in they stink that- they barely beat uh portugal i not portugal was it panama i don't even know what country it was it was a country that shouldn't have been even on the field with them and they got saved evidently by a, a, a an attempted goal that hit the post mm. they went to overtime and nobody scored Somebody tried but to go bar down here. They've scored. They 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 registered five points in the in the first round. Portugal wow. and Vietnam were the two. Yeah, that's that was their group. And the Netherlands, I think. I think they tied the Netherlands too. Not but, exactly but, soccer powerhouses, right? No, no. Well, the Netherlands, their men's team is good, mm-hmm. and Portugal, their men's team is is good. But I mean, you know, for women, some of these countries are not as uh, you know far along as maybe ours was. So yeah. But they're yeah, they're getting all kinds of grief. Even Carly Lloyd is taking them to task yeah, for their lack like of effort and their lack of passion. So yeah, she was giving it to him. I saw that on on Twitter. So yeah, I did not see that on Threads because I have not logged on to it since I you haven't. It's no. no, now yeah. Speaking of that, now did you see that it's it's now X and it yeah. and it's been updated on the iPhone app too, not just the computer. Yeah. What do you think of X? I don't know. Do you I think this care. is just a placeholder? For something else like what i don't know like maybe he just wanted to get away from the from the you know the twitter bird. you know bird and and just you know distance himself from that until he figures out a better name yeah i mean the x isn't bad you know it's yeah it, it's got to be real simple i i, I think he's i don't know why he does what he does yeah <laughs> he's got too much money I, why yeah. he does what he does. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know, but I try and stay off it as much as possible. It's just yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, it's just out of control. Um, yeah. I did see this though, Harry. Did you see that? Uh, we should mention this before we get off that uh, Bob Kelly, Jamo, the traffic reporter for Fox Philadelphia, he yeah. got sucker punched in Seattle. What? You didn't see this? No. Yeah, he got sucker punch. Um, at a bar in Seattle, he's a big shore guy, as we all are mm-hmm. for the most part yeah. around here. Um, some me. guy just sucker punched him 
uh, at a bar or outside a bar, uh, an house manager confirmed that an altercation took place over the weekend during which it appears to be a charity event for Kelly's Kids, Bob Kelly, and yeah. uh, which is a nonprofit that collects toys and donations for other for area pediatric hospitals. And somebody, a local Sea Isle guy, just suckered him, cut him. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. A young man filmed himself pouring beer on Kelly's shoulder and head, according to sources, with knowledge of the incident. When Kelly reacted in an attempt to swat away the beer, sources said the man filming punched him in the face. Jeez. Well, there's a lawsuit. And he was bloodied up. You got to sue him, right? I don't know. What are you going to get from some guy like that? I don't care. What are you going to get, a scooter? I don't care. Some douchebag that lives down the shore? I'll take whatever I can get. Boogie board hair? Yeah. Whatever I can get. <laughs> yeah. Well, best of Bob Kelly. Not yeah. Bob, not the hound. No, no. Hound the, can you imagine if, if the hound kid's... yeah, the hound got sucker punched, the hound's throwing down. He would have pulled that kid's jersey over his yeah, head. Right over his head and just started beating the tar out. <laughs> Schultz would have the hammer would have had his back too. Yeah, because that kid better better hope the straps were connected. Yeah. <laughs> to keep the sweater on. Hound's got <laughs> hands like foster's beer cans i know just huge mitts (laughs) (laughs) all right let's wrap it up there harry we've gone on long enough great stuff um special thanks to tim mcmanus from espn ESPN espn.com for joining us as well and we'll be back next week we'll bring you episode 70 of the ig's podcast last word to you harry anything why do you always do this well you should know what i've got i've got no last words (laughs) 